0: Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Well, are you ready for Bible study? Let's go ahead and put up nugget number one. Nugget number one. Ooh, Jesus, this will set you on fire. Ready, read. The truth is true, you it or not. And a lie is a lie, if you it or not. The truth is the truth. You don't have to agree with God. And some people don't agree. But it doesn't change anything. And a lie is a lie. Whether you believe it or not, it is still a lie. Nugget number two, please. We've got quite a few. They call me the Nugget Man, so I want to live up to the reputation. Ready? Read. What What you sow, you will reap, and that will never change. Ooh, God. What you sow, you will reap. And that will never change. Who, God? Dr. Stanley said something at Harvest Church West. She said something to my wife years ago and I heard it. She said, uh, God forgives the sin, but you still have to pay for the consequences. And the consequences is what you reap. Are you, are you all this Boy, nobody's shouting. Give me something else, Lord. Uh, let's, let's go to nugget number three. See if we can get something. Ready? Read. Ooh, Jesus. In the human heart, there will be fruit. If you don't hear anything else tonight, please hear this. Everything, what did I say? Everything in God's kingdom has to do with your heart. Everything. God doesn't care how talented you are because with your talent, you may want the glory. You may want the praise. With God, in God's kingdom, everything, what did I say? It's about the heart. Who he chooses and who he rejects is predicated on the heart. For man looks at the outward appearance and make their choices. But God, he looks at the heart. And I'm telling you, you're in for a blessing. If God can look down from his holy habitation and get a glimpse that your heart is right toward him. Because everything is after your heart. And all God wants is your heart. He doesn't want your talent. He doesn't want your looks. He doesn't want your height. He doesn't want your size. He wants your heart. Why? Because if he gets your heart, he gets everything else. And he can show himself strong through your life. Why? He's got your heart. God can do supernatural things through your life. Why? Because your heart's right, you don't want to credit. Because your heart is right, you're not in competition with somebody else. When you're in competition with somebody else, somebody sings, you try to outsing them. You try to outsing them because your heart's not right. In the kingdom, it's not competition. In the kingdom, it's surrendering to God with our whole heart. Can somebody say amen? When the rain and seed get together, in the human heart, there will be what? There will be fruit. Nugget number four. Ooh, Jesus, this is not for you. Nugget number four is not for you. Nugget number four is not for you. Some of you look like it's not for you, cause it's not for you. But it is for somebody you're sitting next to. It may not be on the right, it may not be on the left, it might be behind you, in front of you. But somebody in here, this word is for today. Somebody in here, somebody watching around the world, this nugget is for you. You need to know that no matter how much hell you're facing and no matter what you're going through, and no matter what it looks like on the outside, God still desires to give you more. Ooh, Jesus. Ain't nobody happy now but me and three kids. God desires to give you more. You see, when your heart is right, he can give you more. Why is that, preacher? Because you know what he's giving is not just for you. When your heart is right, you're always looking for an opportunity to express God's goodness in the earth by blessing others. God, who do you want me to who do you want me to touch today on your behalf? God, who do you want me to bless today on your behalf? Who God has been calling on you for an answer, and you put the answer in my hands. Because if I'm obedient. In your instructions to do whatever you called me to do, obedience opened the door for more. Blessed to be a blessing. Nugget number five. Ready? Read. I see why some people don't have anything. God financially increases our lives through the entitlement from our giving. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us. If you don't get excited for increase for yourself, I don't know who else will get excited. And, and, oh, Jesus. And we're not talking about you increasing you. We're talking about God increasing you. Come on, let's read it again. God financially increases our lives through the entitlement I've never seen a person walking in the blessings of God who wasn't a giver. And if somebody's got something and they're stingy, it won't be long, they'll lose it. It's draining and they don't even know it. Uh, Larry Burkett, who I've followed over the years, I love his teaching on finance. Any of you ever listen to him on the radio? Love his teaching. He said, I never met a wealthy man who wasn't a giver. And I've been privileged to be around some great men of God. Some have gone on to be with the Lord. And one key that my wife and I found out about being around those people is that they were major givers. Major givers. Always looking for an opportunity to give. Ooh, Jesus. Because it's a law. If you give, ain't nobody saying anything. So God financially increases our lives through the entitlement from our giving, nugget number six. This is a very lengthy one. Ready? Read. Do you have the right kind of heart to recognize opportunities? read that again we increase in life to the degree so so not just recognize opportunities but to respond to it not just be a hearer of the word but be a doer your problem is not hearing cuz I'm shelling it out and been doing it for 37 years Ain't nobody happy on this side. I know it's not the word you've been hearing because I've been shelling it out for 37 years, studying all night, sometimes staying up here three and four days at a time, not eating, asking God to give me revelation on what he's saying so that I can serve you fresh manna. So I know it's not what you're hearing, that hearing the word is not your problem. But how much of what you hear do you apply to your life? Ooh, Jesus. For they all heard the word, Paul said, but it didn't profit all of them. Why? They heard it, but they didn't mix it. They didn't mix it with, but faith without is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, Jesus. Let, give me another nugget. Nugget number, what is this? Number seven, give me, let's go with number seven. When we invest what God has given us, first of all, it's hard to invest what you have if you don't know God gave it to you. Because when you think it's yours, you're tight. And that ain't right. When we invest what God has given us in his work, he will provide for us even more to give to his service. And my wife and I can say amen together because we're living epistles of that truth. Nobody in this ministry gives more than my wife and I. I've taken my honorariums for years and just given it to the church. Because I believe in the vision of this house. And God has to open a door for me. Because if I had the money, I would take care of it. You didn't catch that. If I had the money, Project Destiny would already be done. If I had the money. I'll say it again. If I had the money, Project Destiny would already be done. I would tell the pastor, go back into your closet and pray again and see what else God is saying. If I had it, well, I'm a faith man. I got it. It's coming. I can see it. It's coming in. I said, it's coming in because it has to come through the hands of some man or woman who is submitted to God in his kingdom. Can somebody say amen? What nugget are we on now? Okay, some of the church is on eight. Some of the people are on nine. I'm on eight. Ready? Read. Okay, let's read it one more time now that you practice. Ready? Read. Never submit your thinking. Stop right there. To satanic interrogation. It'll get you in trouble every time. If you don't believe it, look what happened to Eve. Whenever you start listening to the devil, he will always get you, his goal is to always to get you to question God and to doubt God and to be fearful to obey him. That's why it's hard to obey God when you don't know him. And it's almost impossible to know him if you don't study him. He's told us about his character in this book. And when you read this book, you'll discover that God can be trusted. Ooh, Jesus. Can you tell somebody God can be trusted? Now, now, that doesn't mean because they said it to you that they trust God. That doesn't mean that they trust God. They just told you what I asked them to tell you. That God can be trusted. But when you don't know him, fear sets in. Particularly when it comes to giving. Oh my, I almost want to get off my lesson because we talk so much about the devil. And the problem in America and the major problem in your life is not the devil. And Jesus never said it was. Now we do, but Jesus didn't. Jesus spoke of two major entities that is the problem in the world. That's the problem with America. America's problem is not the devil. Boy, y'all looking at me funny. America's problem is greed. There's no reason for anybody in America to be hungry. There's enough food to feed everybody. Why are people hungry in the most blessed nation on the planet? Greed. There's enough for everybody. Are you listening to me? Please understand the tenor in which I'm speaking. Democracy breeds corruption. Because Jesus never established a democracy. God. Jesus didn't come to establish a democracy. And Jesus did not come to establish religion. He came. To establish to announce a kingdom and we have trouble in the church because we've been so religiously brainwashed that we don't understand kingdom and being in America complicates our ability to understand the Word of God because when we read the Word of God we think democracy in this Bible is not a democracy it's about a kingdom It really is a theocracy. God Almighty. God doesn't want you to follow any man over following him, including the President of the United States. He said, I'll have no other God. Come on, say amen to the truth. And so our challenge is, In this world, is nothing. We give, we're always talking, the devil is a defeated foe. Jesus defeated him over 2,000 years ago. Amen. When he finished the work, he said, it is, what did he say? He didn't say he was finished. He said, it is finished. that what you and I needed to walk in victory in this life, Jesus had already accomplished it. You don't have to defeat the devil. Preach, boy, preach. He's already defeated. What you have to do is renew your mind so that you're not deceived, that you're more than a conqueror. There's nothing you face that you cannot overcome because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Your challenge is not the devil. Your challenge is getting your heart right concerning money. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. Your problem is you're serving the wrong master. And when you serve the wrong master, you worry, you get sick. And there's no amount of money that can stop you from worrying because you're trusting the wrong master. Ooh, Jesus. This is good teaching. This will stop you from worrying. This will stop you from getting mad at somebody who don't do something for you that you think they have the power to do. Because at the end of the day, they're not your source. And if they won't obey God, God's got somebody. This ministry wouldn't be here today. We've had people give to this vision, I mean, in a big way, who've never been a member. Because if you close your bowels, God will open up another. But there's a blessing in obedience. Can somebody say amen? Hey, help me, I got stirred up. Slow down, partner. slow down, slow down. How I got stirred up. Because truth is the truth. Whether you believe it or not, and some of you don't believe that there's enough power in the word of God by itself change your life. There's enough power in this word to open blind Bartimaeus' eyes. There's enough power in the word of God to call a widow to become a businesswoman and pouring out oil and it kept pouring and it kept pouring. Are you listening to me? But it's like, thank you ushers. Hallelujah! Is it warm in here? Is it just me? How did God worked up? (laughs) I mean this because because you've been robbed. Hear me. When you get to heaven, there'll be no sickness. I hear preach. There'll be no disease. There be no bill paying and all. I mean, that sounds wonderful because that's not how heaven operates. But we're not in heaven. By faith, according to the word of God, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But you go down to the lecture, come and say that to them. They'll, they'll listen to you, do whatever you're going to do and do your dance. Then they'll ask you for the payment. Don't you know God knows that? Jesus, I come that you might have life and that you might have it. He's not talking about heaven. And nothing will leave your life as long as you tolerate it. Can I go ahead and help the parents? Your kids are never straightened up until you got enough. I heard two loud people, I don't think they have kids. But them kids will act up and they'll keep acting up until you got enough. And the kids know when you got enough because they'll hear something in your voice that they didn't hear those other 99 times. Whatever you tolerate will hang around, including poverty, including sickness and disease. And one way of getting victory over sickness and disease is stop owning it. I got. It. Girl, they say, I got. It. You testifying all day long, all week long on the phone to your friends. Girl, I, I, I can't do that, I got. It. So you got it. You got high blood pressure. You got diabetes. You got a heart condition. You got, you got, you you got what you say you got. The first thing you have to do to get victory over those things that are negative is stop owning it. The doctor said, I have, but this is what I have. The doctor's report said, I have this, but this report said, I have this. The doctor's report say I got diabetes, but the word of the Lord, the report of the Lord, is by his stripes I'm healed. Are you listening to me? Ooh, the bank said, I don't have anything in the bank, but this report said that my God shall supply. Whose report are you going to believe? Who God? So we say a lot of things out of our mouths. We don't necessarily believe. Oh, Jesus. Because whatever you're fed up with, you put it out. I don't care if it's your child who's 28 years old. Living upstairs in the attic. Who eat all the food, have the lights on all night. Have the air conditioner turned down low in the summertime, leave and don't turn it up. Just running everything. You come home, the toaster's running, the blender's running, the TV's on. I mean, mean, they just living the life. Then they go upstairs and tell you in an upstairs room that you can't come in, or not before you come in your house. 28 years old, not even paying any rent. And then one day, maybe not today but one day you walk in and you say i had enough of this this boy this child don't do nothing but lay around watch television eat my food turn on the tv won't wash a dish won't vacuum a floor won't take out trash and then ask me, what are we having for dinner? And then have the nerve to get mad at me if I don't cook. I had enough. Uh, Gerald, <laughs> I, I go to Harvest Church faithfully, and pastor's always using the phrase 30 days. hmm <laughs> <clears throat> I'm giving you 30 days to find where you're gonna move. And I'm willing to help you move. But in 30 days, you gotta go. Now, i you not gonna go to the YMCA, I don't know if you're gonna go to City Union Mission, but, but you're getting out of here. I don't care if your mama's crying. You leaving. Ooh, I felt a breeze over there. You you leaving. You, You won't eat another pork chop in this house that you didn't buy. You won't sleep another night in this house and don't pay for the bed. You won't wash your filthy clothes another time in my washer and dryer. Or hang them on my line. Because there's nowhere in life, son or daughter, where you can go and live for free. Nowhere. And I repent for allowing you to think that way. That life, real life, is like that. Don't you know God knows that it takes finances to be successful in this life? Then my question is, why is it, though it appears, that people in the world have the money and the people in the church just love Jesus? I have a challenge with this. Why is it that a casino can build something, and a month after the facility opens, with all of the patronage that they receive, they're able to pay everything off within a month or two to three months. And they build it. It costs millions of dollars to build it. Then they have the nerve to leave the lights on 24-7. Come on, don't act like you don't know. When you drive by, the lights are on in the daytime. And the church talks about Project Destiny. Not declare that it's already done. Let, let, let me try to get a smile because you some of you looking looking kind of sad. I know as a pastor, and I really do, to the e church and here, if you had it, I know you would give it. If you had it. Come on, on, come on get back with me. I'm still your pastor. I'm just saying that by the Spirit of the Lord, supernaturally, God is going to allow supernatural substance to come into your hands. Why? Because your heart is right. And if you had it, you would give it. And because my heart is right, if you give it, I will do the right thing with it. I've proven that. I've proven that. And so for us to do what God has called us to do next, we need a supernatural move of God. And he has to move through people. And I'm believing some of those people are in this room tonight. Some of those people are watching us by way of television. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. If you still believe the word of God, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's let's see. Galatians chapter 6. And let's look at verse number 7 quickly. Galatians 6 verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It used to scare me to read this because I was sowing bad things and I wanted to ignore this passage of scripture, but my ignoring the passage didn't make it go away. It was still the truth. That whatsoever a man sows, that he will also reap. Look at verse eight. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. It is heaven's eternal decree. This has been enforced, Pastor Redis, for over 6,000 years, and it has not changed. This is heaven's decree. And it hasn't changed for over 6,000 years that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That's eternal law given from heaven that if you sow love, you reap love. If you sow kindness, you reap kindness. Are you listening? I'm real concerned about that now because I'll be seven in a few days. And as you get older, uh, you want to build up your account on being nice to people. You know, when you're real young, sometimes you don't care, but when you get my age or closer, you start you start taking account because the Bible says, "What you sow, you're gonna." You start being a little nicer to your children because things can reverse on you. When you're raising them, you tell them what to do and where to go. But if you live long enough, they start being responsible for you. Oh, Jesus. So you'll wind up in a, in a, what do you call it, a senior's home. It won't be because you say you want to go or don't want to go. You'll go because your children will make that decision. Some of you don't look too happy. Yeah, you're looking at me funny, but you, you tell the children to go to bed. It's time to come to eat. If you live long enough, that thing changes. I, I think mom, I think dad is uh, getting a little now. You, you, you're not out. you just stuttered. You just forgot where your keys are. Jesus. And they're interpreting as maybe you need special help. See, some of you don't understand. Not many years ago, we didn't put our our adult moms and dads in the homes. Color folk didn't do that. You got that from another culture. We didn't put our family members in a, in a nursing home. Uh, we built a back room, or, or we gave them a, a side room. We didn't put mama out of her house. The kids are in mama's house. You can't put mama and daddy out of their house no you take care of them in their house like they took care of you or oh, mama need changing pastor you did too and I believe there's a blessing that these modern-day children are missing out on by not taking care of their moms and dads. There's a blessing in taking care of your mama. And I know that's the truth, even if your mama didn't really do what her mama was supposed to do. That doesn't give you a reason. It doesn't excuse you from doing what God said. Honor your mother and your father. It'll be well with you, and you'll live long. And I did that. Even though she didn't raise me, I stood on the word of God and I honored her till she died. Like I honored my daddy at 17 years old and I came home and found him dead. And I still honor him today. There are some things that I don't do today because Mr. Jonesy raised me. Good God of mercy. honor. Honor, honor. If you fed them, your children ought to feed you. If a little food drip off your mouth, they, they ought to wipe it off and be glad about it because you wiped their mouths. Hallelujah. And your parents didn't treat you like you were an inconvenience. Don't treat them like they're an inconvenience now that they become senior citizens. Somebody needed to hear this. And can't nobody take better care of your parents than you? And teach your children to chip in and help. Help grandma. Help grandpa. I'm not talking about when they get old. Teach them to do that now. Go over there and see what Paul's doing. Go over there and help Pawpaw break the, the leaves. You're teaching them. You're training them up. You're teaching them to be responsible. You're teaching them to help. Glory to God, because the day will come If the Lord tarries, they will be a senior citizen too. And if they put you away, there's a great possibility that their children will put them away. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man, I know nobody's shouting because you're thinking, what is it that I need to straighten out right now? Let's go to Genesis chapter 8 as we close. Genesis chapter 8. The title of the message, The Blessing of Sowing and Reaping. Maybe that's why some of you couldn't hear. I hadn't given you the title. The title of the message tonight, The Blessing of Sowing and Reaping. Look at Genesis chapter 8. Look at, ooh, look at verse 22. This coincides with Galatians 6. You Ready? While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night, shall not cease. God said there's always going to be a seed time and harvest. Can somebody say amen? There's always going to be a seed time and harvest. Listen to this. When you reap, when you sow a seed, you don't receive a seed back. When you sow a seed, I wanted to bring some seeds out. You don't get a seed back. Anybody here ever planted a seed? You know, corn seed, a pea seed, onion seed. Anybody ever planted a seed? Uh, when you planted a corn seed, did you get a seed back? You did not get a seed back? What did you get? You got a seed. So, so, so God is not ma. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Well, that means when you reap correctly, you reap or you sow with expectations. A farmer sows seed with expectation. Yes? So when you sow a seed, you sow it with expectation. It's not sinful to have expectation. Expectation makes it grow. As a matter of fact, they say you can talk to your seed, talk to your plant, and it'll become even more vibrant. So to me, talking to your seed is like watering the seed. Who, Jesus. And when seed and water, amen, come together with the right heart, it'll produce a harvest. Is this this good teaching? So God says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Who, God. So it would be fitting to say if you don't have enough you're not sowing enough. Now let's go to this and close. Isaiah 55. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 10. This is good. My wife quotes this all the time. Isaiah 55. Verse 10, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed, that it may give seed, that it may give seed to the sower. So God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be, this is good, that goes forth from my mouth. Thank you, Jesus. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I believe that. I believe that if I sow, that I will reap. And I want to thank God that I'm married to a woman who believed the same thing. So there's no fight in my house about sowing and reaping. I want to give, and she doesn't want to give. She wants to give, and I don't want to give. Confusing and tying up our harvest. But I have purpose in my heart to be a giver, and I'm married a giver. So that we don't struggle when it comes to giving to the kingdom mandate. And God says... If you sow, son, you shall also reap. And it's not just that you sow, he says, but you got a sow with the right attitude. For God loves cheerful giver. So God is saying pretty much, if you don't want to give it to me, don't give it to me. Because if you don't want to give it to me, I don't want to take it. Oh, Jesus. Because... If you give it to me and you don't want to give it to me, I can't do with it what I need to do with it to multiply it back to you because you didn't give it with the right heart. So it's not only what you give, it's how you give. Who Jesus. Can somebody say amen to this truth? Say this with me. I am releasing my faith. For more, say it again. I am releasing my faith for more. Say it again. I am releasing my faith for more because God wants to give me more. Got two people standing, got three people standing, got four, got five. Help them, Jesus. I'm telling you, for you to really to walk in the blessings of God, some of you are going to have to adjust your attitude because you can't be lazy. You cannot be half-hearted about this. you got to be all in or nothing because God is all in. And if God is all in and you're half-hearted, there's no agreement. And a house divided against itself can't prosper. If it is prospering, it won't last. Because a house divided against itself will soon come to nothing. I am releasing my faith. Come on, somebody got to grab this. I I am releasing my faith for more. Because God. Wants to, wants to give me more. Anybody believe that? Is there anybody from my Egypt that believe that, that God wants to give you more? Don't you want to be a greater blessing? To be a greater blessing, you have to have more. But to qualify for the more, you have to be faithful for what you already have. If you're stingy now with more, you'd be more stingy. If you're liberal now with more, you'll be more liberal. And having money doesn't make you happy. Money is just a tool. What makes you happy is when you're obedient to God with what he tells you to do with it. That's what makes you happy. When you're driving down the road and the Holy Ghost tell you to go back and give that person you passed three blocks back behind you, give them some money standing on the block with a sign. Has nothing to do with the person, has nothing to do with the sign, and you can't rationalize it away with your mind that they should go get a job. God didn't ask you that. He told you to go back and give them $10. Has nothing to do with the person standing on the corner. Well Pastor, they might be hustling. God didn't ask you that. He told you go back and give them ten dollars. And if you won't give ten, you won't give twenty. And if you won't give a hundred, you won't give a thousand. And if you won't give a thousand, you won't give ten thousand. And if you won't give ten thousand, you won't give a hundred thousand. And if you won't give a hundred thousand, you won't give a million. Because your issue is not that you you don't, you don't love God. You love mammon. And when you love mammon, if you get a million, you'll say you have to have two. If you got five, you'll say you have to have 10 because you'll never be satisfied because your issue is that who's your master. And when your master is Jesus, you can let it go. And when your master is mammon, you can't let it go. God says, I'll give you shepherds after my own heart, pastors who you can trust. Because we know we can trust God. Good God, I'm preaching now. So, what's your problem? I've told you the vision. I've written it down, I've made it plain so that you can read it and run with it. And when God blesses you, don't close your bowels because who knows, maybe he blessed you for such a time as this, like he did Esther. Maybe the whole reason he blessed you is for this assignment. Dare I not get there? and you and I not pass the test. Can somebody say amen? So I don't need need you staying home on sacrificial Sunday. Call it what you want. Call it First Fruit Sunday. Call it Special Giving Sunday. Call it whatever you want. But one Sunday out of every year, we have set aside as a church that at the beginning of the year that we would honor God for all that he's done for us for the past year. And in honoring God, we believe that his blessings will continually flow in our lives. And you got to hear what I'm saying. It's not all about money. Because when you obey God, he preserves you physically. You don't even age like other people. And I look the way I look because I don't worry about nothing. I don't have unforgiveness in my heart concerning anybody, and I don't talk about anybody, and I don't hang around people who do. I keep my heart clean. So that at 70, I'll look 50. And at 80, I'll look 45. (laughs) Oh, you get all funny, I can have what I say. Growing old doesn't mean you have to dry up and deteriorate. Abraham was having babies at 100. I got 30 more to go. What do you say, Sarah? (laughs) Got no agreement here. Can somebody say amen? amen? I am releasing my faith. For more. for more, can you find somebody that agree with you? Come, say, find somebody that agree with you. Say, 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 help me. I'm, I'm releasing. I'm not just talking. I'm releasing my. F- I'm not just talking. I'm releasing my faith. I'm releasing my faith for more. I know some people who need help, and if I had it, I could help them. If I had more, I could help them. I go to a church that has a major vision that costs millions of dollars to come to pass. If I had it, I'd help Pastor the house. I'm releasing my faith for more. I got some family members I want to help. Somebody need a car, I want to be able to buy it if the Lord tell me to buy it. Somebody need a house, I want to be able to buy my house if God tell me to buy it. Because the money is not for me. The money is for the kingdom. And I'm just a vessel that God can use if my heart is right. And when your heart is not right, you hoard it. And when your heart is not right, you hoard more. The more you get, the more you hoard. And here's the sad part. When you die, and you are going to die, you can't take a dime with you. And now the question, when you're standing before the judgment seat of God, what are you going to tell him with the resources that he gave you? Pastor Halp talked about a vision. I raised you up to support it. And when I raised you up, you closed your bowels. And he wasn't talking about something for him. He was talking about something that would bless humanity. There's no greater investment than investing in the work of Almighty God. And to every Harvest Church member and to every visitor, you are in kingdom work if you're in this ministry. We bless people all around the world with your tithe and your offering. I shared with you before, there are children all around this globe whose bellies are not empty because of you. There are villages that have water where women don't have to walk for miles to get water and on the trail get raped. They're safe because there's a well in their village that you dug because I took part of your tithe and your offering and had the wells dug. And if I had more, I would do more. And I pray that now God is going to give you more. That you will give more. So that we can do more. And to God be the glory. To God be all the honor. To God be all the praise. I am blessed to be a blessing. Can somebody say amen to this truth? Can, can you just give me just three minutes? Three, 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 just three. Can you have a seat? Just three minutes. Because I made a promise I think last Wednesday, to the ladies. You all remember that? That I said that there's some women in the Bible that I want you to be a part, of, that I want you all to be a part of that club. Yes, yeah, I want you, this is for ladies only. Go to Luke chapter eight. Luke chapter eight. I always come to discover, I'm coming to discover why men were always trying to put women down and uh, try to make them feel like second-class citizens. And part of the reason is, by and large, women are more of a liberal giver than men. Most men, if they don't get their minds renewed, are stingy. Because they think on the left side of their brain. For them to do something, it has to make sense. That's why if you're married to a woman, pretty much you can't get nothing by her because she's got another sense. Men got five, she's got six. Are you, it's hard to pull something over on a spiritual woman. I didn't say a nosy woman or a gossiping woman. I said a spirit because you can't be all of them at the same time. You can't pray, you can't be a praying woman and a busybody too. You can't be a gossiper and a prayer at the same time. You're one or the other. But I promise the women that I want to show them because I want the women of Harvest Church to be a part of this exclusive club. Are you ready, ladies? Uh, Luke chapter 8. Men, just observe and smile. Luke chapter 8. Now, it came to pass, after that he went through every city and village. My wife was on this thing Sunday when she said, did you think Jesus preached the message only one time? He preached the same message over and over in different places. And miracles broke out in cities. Look at this. Villages preaching and bringing glad tidings. Glad tidings of what? of the kingdom of God, and the 12 were with him. 12 who? 12 disciples. Were the disciples men or women? How many disciples? Were the disciples men or women? It's not a trick question. How many were with him? All 12 of the disciples. Were the disciples men or women? So women are not included here. But Jesus is getting ready to f- throw a curveball and upset religiosity because, under Jewish custom, women were not allowed to sit and learn from a rabbi. That's why, if you study scripture, the Bible would tell a woman, Don't say anything public. If you want to know something, ask your husband at home. And Jesus, really ready to change the whole paradigm because up to this point, women were treated like a second-class citizen. And Jesus also knew his ministry was going to suffer financially if he didn't add women to the equation. (laughs) That's a good place for three women to give Lord praise and thank him right there. I'm going to show you in the word. In most churches, the most liberal givers in the church, by and large, are women. And even if the church is full of single men and single women, by and large, the single women will have twice as much as a single man in the church. Check me out. Go to a church, have all the singles stand up, men and women, and then ask the single women, how many of them have a house? And then ask the single men, how many of them have a house? Ask the single women, how many of them have got a nice car? And ask the men, how many of them got a nice car? Ask the single women, how many of you got some money in the bank? Ask the single men, how many of you got some money in the bank? You'll be surprised to see how much single women have as opposed to single men. Because by and large, unless something happens that jacks up her spirit, women have this propensity to give. It's not an accident that she gives the baby, and all the men give is the seed. And it's not an accident when it comes time to give. Most women want to give. Most of the shutdown comes from the man. Preach, boy, preach. Ooh, Jesus. If she gets give 2,000, he gets give a1,000. If she gets 250, he gets 50. Unless his mind has been renewed with the word of God and the Lord has dealt with his heart like he did David. Let's bless the women. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits, verse 2, and infirmities. So certain women who had been delivered from demons and certain women who had been healed from infirmity, sickness, and disease. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. Come on, church. When Jesus went about ministering, people got delivered. And Mary Magdalene, who was a prostitute, had seven demons. And Jesus delivered her. Ooh, God. And Joanna, the wife of, say what you want, Chuzza, Herod Stewart, and Susanna. That's three women already Mary, Joanna, Susanna, and many others. Come on now, ladies. Mary, Joanna, and Susanna. And every woman here tonight, because they are part of the many others. And what did they do? What did Mary Magdalene do? What did Joanna do? What did Susanna do? And what did the many other women do? The Bible says that they supported his ministry. with their personal finances. And if you read this text and study it out, you'll discover when Jesus was ministering, a lot of dignitaries in the area was coming to Jesus. A lot of influential people were coming to Jesus. And the Bible says that Mary and Joanna and Susanna and many other women (laughs) You don't even read that with the disciples. He had to tell the disciples to go catch a fish. So we clearly can see that Jesus' ministry, the only reason it was effective is because people financially supported his ministry. And if Jesus needed financial support, for his ministry to be successful, how much more does Harvest Church need your financial support? Don't patty cake, do it right. So it's clear that God bless these women. Why? Because women give. And men do too when their hearts are right. Did you see this in the word of God? That these women supported Jesus financially with his ministry. He was also demonstrating to the Judaizers that he was changing the paradigm that anybody who sold out to Jesus, was equal in the kingdom. That's what made the religious leaders upset. Jesus was demonstrating that women were equal to men. He was demonstrating that when he allowed them to follow him around. As he was teaching, how could they not give? The girl got delivered from seven devils. How are you going to talk that girl out of not giving? Some of those women got healed of sickness and disease. How can you tell them not to support the ministry of the man that used, was used to bring about their deliverance? How can you not support what God has called me to do if my life by the power of God has affected your life? Come on now. And I've proven for 37 years that I'm not a thief. And so I'm asking every woman, every lady of this house, they're not here. You go tell them that you want them to, uh, to join this exclusive club. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What club? The club of Mary Magdalene, the club of Joanne and Suzanne, and the club of me. I want you to get in the club with me. We're, we're joining them. And because Jesus demonstrated that there was no difference in the kingdom, male or female, then men can get in on this too. I'm in it because I'm a giver. Can somebody say amen? Come on, if you were blessed I give God praise and thank Him. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.